Traumatized is a true crime podcast that focuses on the cases of children that have been killed or affected by the ravages of abuse, neglect, torture, assault, starvation, or any other crimes committed against children. Every day in the U.S., between four to seven children die at the hands of parents, foster parents, or caretakers. That's an average of 2,000 children per year that die of totally preventable causes. I want to bring awareness to these crimes and uncover the effects and long-term damage that is a result of this national epidemic. We also discuss the ways we as a country need to change the broken system that is currently in place to protect children. The Family Ties is here to give voice to the voiceless and to challenge you all to take action in your own communities to demand better protection for our most vulnerable. Listener and viewer discretion is advised due to the explicit nature of the topics we cover. Welcome back to the Family Ties podcast. Hi, you all. Kelly Ritchie here. Thank you for joining me today. Before we get started, I would like to invite each and every one of you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my videos, and share your thoughts and comments with me. And for those of you listening to the podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you find your pods. I welcome your feedback as well as your suggestions and case recommendations. So please post away. Okay, guys. So the day has finally come for me to cover a case from my home state of Kentucky. This case is new and fresh details are probably going to be released after this episode airs. So keep that in mind in case you've heard something that differs from today's story. But essentially, on Sunday, February 6th of this year, Catherine McKinney, also referred to often as Abby. So uh, just so you guys know, I'm going to just be referring to her as Catherine in this, just because for me, it's easier that way. Catherine McKinney, mother of four-year-old Serenity McKinney, was arrested along with her boyfriend, Dakota Hill, in Kansas. No one has physically seen little Serenity since Christmas Eve of 2020. And that's just kind of the the tip of the iceberg here. So let's go back a little bit. In the spring of 2021, CPS performed a welfare check. There's no current information on who called for the welfare check or what transpired, but the chain of events strongly indicates that abuse or neglect of some kind must have been transpiring. That's just my conjecture right now. But around June of last year was when Catherine began to distance herself from her family. The four-year-old's grandmother, Andrea Wainscott, says that she spoke to Serenity on the phone sometime late last year in June, a few weeks prior to Father's Day. Serenity's grandfather officially submitted a missing persons report in Shelby County after a prolonged period of not being able to see her. And by not being able to see her, I'm going to assume he's talking about his grandchild, Serenity. The grandparents were prompted to file the missing person report after they noticed Catherine displaying odd and antisocial behavior and were then cut off completely by Catherine during the fall of last year. WHAS 11 ABC News reports that Deputy Shelby Guffey entered Abby and Serenity into a national database in case they were no longer in Kentucky. Meanwhile, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office executed warrants in Shelby, Bullitt, and Jefferson County, where they believed Abby had lived. But Catherine was supposed to turn Serenity over to the state, but that clearly never happened. Both Catherine and Dakota fled the state and have been on the run since the arrest warrant was issued. So, With very minimal details right now, it's kind of unclear when the first arrest warrant was issued. It seems like potentially they were running from the law prior to the missing person report being issued. I don't know for certain. I will stay tuned to see what information comes out of the investigation, and I'll keep you guys posted. 
WHAS 11 ABC News also reports that Shelby County Sheriff's Captain Kyle Tipton said the state was granted emergency legal custody of Serenity on February 3rd of this year. WHAS 11 goes on to report that Sunday, February 6th, was when law enforcement officials found and served Catherine in Kansas, instructing her to relinquish custody of Serenity when she failed to do so. Catherine and her boyfriend, Dakota Hill, were arrested and charged with custodial interference. Before I go on, I, I think it, all of this is a little foggy. I mean, if the par- if the grandparents had lost contact with Catherine last June, I don't know what transpired between those months completed by CBS. All of these things, you know, I would really like to give you guys information and some clarity on, but I do not have that information yet. Lots of unanswered questions here. But essentially, with the custodial interference, with Catherine having to supposedly needing to turn Serenity over to the state, to me, it seems like more went on with CPS behind the scenes for the state to suddenly say, you know, we have to have custody of your child, we have to turn them in. So there's definitely more to this story for certain. So just be patient with me as I get information here. Or if you know something that I don't, be, feel free to post it in the comment section and I, I would be happy to answer questions or add that to the follow-up episode on this. But it's basically been reported that Catherine has been intentionally unhelpful in the missing person investigation, pleading the Fifth Amendment to avoid talking with law enforcement, and she refuses to provide information that could help locate her child. A next-door neighbor of the couple's had told police that Catherine and Dakota had told her they were homeless and that Serenity was staying with family. So there was a period of time they were still living in their home, wherever that was in Shelby County, I believe, but they were living without serenity there, enough so that their neighbor noticed. And thank God there are some concerned neighbors who ask questions. This is what we need. You you know this couple has a four-year-old child and you consistently see them without this child. But I think this is just a testament that we need more concerned people looking into the welfare of children and not just expecting that parents have it all under control. If you see red flags, say something. WHAS 11 ABC reveals that the Attorney General's Special Victims Unit was partnering with the Shelby and Bullitt County Sheriff's Departments, Kentucky State Police, and the U.S. Secret Service to investigate this case. So, I mean, they're they're on it. The search for serenity is ongoing, and authorities are asking for any information that could help the investigation or to help locate serenity. So if you guys wouldn't mind calling these numbers, if you need to reach the sheriff's office with any information, call 502-633-4324 or for the Shelby County dispatchers, call 502-633-2323. Now, there is, of course, more to the story than what we've covered thus far. Catherine was seen with black eyes and bruises months after the last time Serenity was seen alive. Catherine and Dakota spent July through September of 2021 living with friends, Kena Page Green and her boyfriend. During that time, Serenity was never with them. So it's consistently shown that everybody who's had any kind of interaction with Catherine and Dakota are noticing an absence of Serenity. And they continually say she's with family. And that's clearly incorrect. Friends of Catherine and Dakota have come forward with some disturbing information that they revealed to the U.S. Sun. Green says that 
when they first came in, so basically when Catherine and Dakota first moved into their house, Green says, I saw she had two black eyes and a swollen face. I thought he did something to her, but she was adamant that Dakota didn't do anything. During this time period, Catherine had blocked her family on social media and was using a new phone. So lots of strange behavior here. Green also told the U.S. Sun that anytime she spoke to McKinney alone, so anytime she spoke to Catherine alone, Dakota followed them and asked what they were talking about. Things weren't adding up, Green said. If we were in the kitchen, he would come in to check up on her. Ugh. Gross. Okay, so real sketch. She couldn't do anything alone. Then one day in September 2021, right before the couple moved out of their home, uh, Dakota screamed and cursed at Catherine. Green said, I don't think he realized I was home, but it shook me to my core. She said, he was so mean and said horrible things to her, but then he went back to this mild-mannered, polite man. But it was all a facade. He put on this sweet guy act and never said it was his fault or he was having a bad day. Green and her boyfriend kicked them out after the blowout, she said. So the revelations about Dakota's violent and uh, anger problems seem likely to um, reveal more about um, abuse for Catherine and Serenity both. At least that's my, uh, my opinion. But from seeing this kind of thing happen time and time again, I have serious doubts that when Serenity is found, that she'll be found alive. Statistically speaking, I sadly feel confident in my prediction, but I would love nothing more than to be wrong about this. I'll keep following this in this case as the investigation unfolds. But currently, I don't have enough information about whether or not the CPS investigation was botched like so many others. So I will reserve my judgment on that end for now. Same thing goes for the family. It seems like their concern and filing of a missing persons report comes really late in the game. Maybe, but once again, I don't have the full backstory, especially since they've been concerned since Christmas of 2020. It's impossible at the moment to speculate on these two things without more information. So any of these cases are really tough that that we cover here at The Family Ties, but I, I'm really tired of seeing all of this stuff happen and it not really even make its way to national news. I mean, just remember a few months ago in this last year with Gabby Petito, everybody knows her name. Everybody knew she was missing. And you know what the interesting thing is, is that the difference here is that Gabby was technically an adult. She was an adult. Um, and it's interesting when we get more invested in the ongoing case, which is still important. And I feel terrible about what happened to her, honestly. But if we could have the same level of righteous indignation about each of these children that go missing every single day, I, I don't know. I feel like we'd be a much better society. And I'm not trying to make everybody feel guilty or feel as if they need to be depressed all the time. But what we need to do is really demand more from our states and our lawmakers to make sure this kind of thing stops happening. And when I say that we can end abuse, it's it's a really long, hard road, but we have to overhaul our child protective um, services 
we we have to over overhaul so many things where we put the parents' rights or what the parents say over that of the children, and then a child ends up dead. We are clearly failing, and you know, I would really love to speak with someone who works in CPS or did work in CPS who can give some further insight, but. Um, it's a problem. And I don't care what the reasoning is. It's something that we need to address and we need to demand as taxpayers that a system or a, a bureaucracy like CPS do better. And if it if they need more funding, we need to make sure that the funding goes there. So whatever that looks like, I think I would really like to start this conversation and get your all's opinions on some great places for us to start that. But essentially, thank you guys for joining me for today's episode. I urge you all to donate or join local causes in your communities that are working to fight for better children's rights. If you don't know where to start, please visit our website for resources and click on the donate page where I've provided links to some of my favorite child advocacy programs, such as EndCan and Child Abuse Now and the Coalition for Responsible Home Education. It is all of our responsibilities to stand up for the rights and lives of children everywhere. This is a fight that has nothing to do with partisan politics, simply the rights for all children to be safe, loved, cared for, and the right to be educated is another one that I will continue to throw in here. Thank you and join the family. 